0: There are certain selected passages that I'd like to read to you this morning. And the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking, and he is saying to you and to me, Do not save riches here on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and robbers break in and steal. Instead, save riches in heaven, where moth and rust cannot destroy, and robbers cannot break in and steal. For your heart will always be where your riches are. No one can be a slave to two masters. He will hate one and love the other. He will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is why I tell you do not be worried about the food and drink you need to stay alive or about clothes for your body. After all, isn't life worth more than food? And isn't the body worth more than clothes? Look at the birds flying around. They do not plant seeds, gather a harvest, and put in barns. Your Father in Heaven takes care of them. Aren't you worth much more than birds? Which one of you can live a few years more by worrying about it? And why worry about clothes? Look how the wildfires grow. They do not work or make clothes for themselves. But I tell you, That not even Solomon, as rich as he was, had clothes as beautiful as one of these flowers. It is God who clothes the wild grass that is here today and gone tomorrow, burned up in the oven. Will he not be all the more sure to clothe you? How little is your faith? So do not start worrying, where will my food come from, or my drink, or my clothes? These are the things the heathen are always after. Your Father in heaven knows that you need all these things. Instead, give first place to the kingdom and to what he requires, and he will provide you with all these other things. So do not worry about tomorrow. It will have enough worries of its own. There is no need to add to the troubles each day brings. Lord, help us to understand that you're trying to tell us about a special way for your disciples to live. There was a young man that came to church, and I went out to see that young man. He came alone to church, and I got his apartment number off of the list, and I went to see him, but it was the wrong apartment number. And I went in anyway, knocked on the door, and thinking that I was going to see a young man come to the door, and said there was a beautiful young lady that came to the door. And so I just assumed that that was his wife, and I said to her, I said, I am the preacher and induced myself. I said, I came to talk to you and your husband, or come to talk to your husband. Came over to talk to your husband. And with that, she thought that was the funniest thing that she'd ever heard that day. And she started laughing like she was going mad. She just started laughing and laughing and laughing. And I couldn't figure out. I got right embarrassed. And after a while, she stopped laughing. And she called to the other two girls that she was living with. I stumbled into a bachelor girl's apartment. And she said, hey, girls, come. The preacher's here. And he's going to talk to me about my husband. Well, she didn't have a husband. But after we talked a while, the three of them agreed. said, now, preacher, if you find some handsome young men that look eligible, that you send them by and we'll have a husband. Then you can come back to see us. Well, I want to talk to you about your money, whether you have any or not this morning. There's a possibility you're looking for it. And who knows, one day you may have some. But now the truth of us is that we do have, and God has blessed us in a great way. There are certain times, being a preacher, that I wish that I had the ability and capability, that I had the ability of words to be able to say what I would like to say about a program within the church, about something that pertains to the kingdom of God. And now, dear friends, there's two things that I talk about readily and I feel so inadequate about, and that is when I try to express the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the very words can really communicate what the heart feels and what the mind knows. For this subject today, I know we're turned off it, but let me say to you, and what I'm able to understand about what he tries to tell us about our relationship to him and to the kingdom, this is the second greatest subject of the New Testament, that you are a steward in the kingdom of God. The greatest blessing one day you will not take it from this preacher, but one day you will be able to see the one of the greatest blessings that God gave to you. He gave to you and to me. In his infinite wisdom, he took it out in such a way that we can participate with him in the kingdom of God today, with our wealth, and with the way that he has blessed you and me. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ had a great deal to say. About money and stewardship within the scriptures. Now that's not going to come as a surprise to you for me to tell you that. Now those of you who haven't been reading the scriptures, though, it's going to be a, uh, reading the scriptures lately, it's going to be a surprise to you. But he doesn't have a great deal to say in the Bible about it. I can think of all kinds of stories and things that he said. I remember there in the book of Luke, the 16th chapter, there, he he's talking about a rich man and an old beggar that came every day and was at his gate just to pick up the crumbs from his table. You know that story as well as I do because you've heard it from your youth up. In fact, you're so familiar with it that you've probably overlooked the great meaning in it in a relationship that Jesus was talking about that can be had today in a wrong relationship. It said the rich man died and he was buried. Notice the words. He died and was buried. But the poor man died and was carried to the bosom of Abraham or to heaven. One man went to his torment, and the other man went to his comfort. It had something to say about, for this man spent eternity. It also had something to say about how this man treated uh, that poor man, beggar that was at his gate. Also in the book of Luke, if you back up the chapter to the twelfth chapter, he also talks about another man, a man who had been blessed greatly by the Lord, and his field that year had brought forth a great harvest. Do you know they tell me that the harvest in this country uh, this year is going to be another bumper crop? The sallows are not able to contain them all. If we didn't sell these to Russia or to to China, the farmers would be hurting even more than they are today. It's an overabundance, just poured out on the ground. Well, the Lord was talking about a man like that, and he came to to think about his the harvest for that year. He said. well, I need bigger barns. There's nothing wrong with building bigger barns. That's not where the problem was. That's what he said to his soul. He said, So, now you have much laid up. Now for many years, now take your ease and, and be at ease. And the Lord said to him that night, Your soul is required of thee. Now here's where it comes, you see. That Jesus talking about a man, and the way that he looked at his wealth, and the way that he used his wealth, and the way that he thought about his wealth. Now again in the book of Luke, you know, we we wouldn't have liked Luke too much to be our preacher, I don't think. He's always talking about money. Back up another few chapters, and the sixth chapter there, and somewhere along the 24th verse you have when Jesus was talking to the crowd. remember he had four rows that he poured out on him. I never was too disturbed about two of those words because one of them, he says, Woe well, to you that are rich. Well now that didn't bother me. Does that bother you? That doesn't bother you, does it? Not a bit. not a one of us here this morning is rich. Well, of course we're not. Well, so, yeah, do that, and I'll tell you. Well, I thought I might get it at the free market, you know. I I'm not rich anymore. And I did and my wife did. Well you see. And we're not rich. That doesn't bother us. Jesus said, Woe unto you that are rich, because it's going to be hard for you to get inside the kingdom of God. Well, that doesn't bother me any. Until I run into someone like this lady that I ran into a couple of weeks ago that's just here from another country. And the newness of, of coming into this country is still much of honor. And she wants to be a citizen within this country. And she's studying parts, and she said to me, she said. The thing that really amazes me that I haven't even get used to it yet is to walk into one of these supermarkets and see the array of food like a king in ancient times was never able to see. I am amazed when I walk into a supermarket and see what is in the display of food. This people, she said, of this country. they realize how fortunate they are. My people who are left back home, my kin people, some of them have the possibility of starving to death. They'll never see But I am able to see. In all probability, unless they come to this country. And now let's look at the situation. When we are told that about two thirds of this world goes to bed hungry every night, and we think about our own situation, and I would have to admit that this often disturbs me because I am one of those upon the face of this earth that is rich if you have a refrigerator in your house you would be considered rich in relation to the rest of this world Woe to you jesus is trying to tell us something about money and our wealth and the way that he has blessed us and the way that we ought to look at it and things that we ought to do about it we cannot anymore dismiss the word of god as being unmeaningful to you and to me Because, dear friends, let me say to you, and you know this, you know it whether you've traveled or not. You know it. You sense it. You know it. You read. You see. You listen. You hear. There's no place like this country that you and I live in. The productivity of it is absolutely astounding and staggering. You and I are the ones who are privileged to live the part of the world that is rich. You and I are considered rich today. In the rest of the world so we can't really look at the word of god and say that we're not rich and dismiss it as if it had never been said but you see jesus is not saying that to scare us no 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 he's not trying to tell us that you're damned because i have blessed you he's not saying that at all he's trying to tell us though what type of attitude that we ought to have toward the great blessing that he has given to you and to me why is the lord interested in our money well, you can rest assured he's not interested in it the way that you and I are interested in money. He is not interested in money for money's sake, like some of us are. I found a man here the other day, the most refreshing man that I've talked to for a long time. Or was he? I don't know. Make up your own mind. But I was talking about this man for something that he should be doing that he's not doing, and, and he was thought about that I was trying to tell him to make more money. Well, that's not exactly what I was trying to tell him, but there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. But he said to me, in effect, he said, Well, he says, he says, I have the type of car that I want to drive. He says, I wear the clothes that I really want to wear. And he says, I live in a house that uh, that I really want to live in. And he says, the doctor tells me that I'm eating too much. Well, I thought he was talking about me, you know. (laughs) Well, not exactly the house. But anyway, the thing about it is, you see that this is what has happened to us today. We we at this place affair that we have something that two people upon the face of this earth have the possibility of having. But Jesus is not interested in just for money's sake. He is not interested in our money for the power that it can give to him. Now, many of us are interested in money in order that we might be able to have the power and the prestige that it brings to us. But Jesus is not interested in money for that reason. I was talking to a businessman He's just now going into business in Indiana. And he's making these new prints that instead of have the storm windows outside, they got these beautiful windows made up of murals that you put inside for a storm window. You'll be hearing about them. It's something new. Well anyway, he went into business with his brother. Well, he didn't have any money. His brother has all the money. And so he said to me, Preacher, he says, Do you believe in the golden rule? I said, Yes, I do. He says, Well, I didn't, but I do now. He says, My brother has all the gold and he rules. Well, Jesus is not interested in money in order that he might be able to have the power and prestige that money gives, nor is he interested in money for security's sake. Now, most of us need X number of dollars in order to feel secure, but that's not the reason that Jesus is interested in having part of our money in order that he might feel more secure. He is not too interested in our barns or our fields or whatever it is that we may have that we feel gives us a sense of security. Jesus is interested in money because of the effect that it has upon you and upon me. That's the reason why he's interested in money. He's interested in a man's barns because a man can build his barns at the expense of his soul. There wasn't anything wrong with a man having bigger barns, as long as he did not cheat his soul. Oh, he had fat barns, so to speak. Rain running out the doors and the windows and the cracks of the barn. But it was at the expense of his eternal soul. And that's what Jesus was talking about. And that was what this parable is all about that Jesus talked about. Not at the expense of your soul. Jesus never said wealth within itself was wrong. As long as you keep it in the place where it should be kept, it is all right and should be. But this man woke up. One minute he knew that he was a very rich and wealthy person. And the next moment when his soul was required of him, he realized that he was a destitute person. Dear friend, it's a sobering thought. You think about it. As the Lord Jesus Christ sees you, what would you have to present to the Lord Jesus Christ if all of these things, all of these things that you built around you to bring security were all taken away from you? Would you feel poverty-stricken? Or would you still feel comfortable because you have wealth with good? Now that's the question. How many of us could afford to lose everything that we had and still be at peace? Jesus was trying to tell us about a way of life that operates that way cannot get hooked on the things of this world to see them in the proper perspective. He was interested in the rich man that had the beggar brought to his door. Was that his door every day because, you see, his wealth blinded him to the opportunity that he had to share with this poor unfortunate man. He would have never made that rich man believe that the way he treated that beggar today would say how he was going to spend eternity. But whether he believed it or not, that's precisely what Jesus said. You see, how I treat this world, not my wealth, but how I use what he has given to me. Can I see the opportunity that are before me today to serve? One of the things that money has a possibility to do and a blinding us to the realities of life. Interest in the rich man and his wealth because it blinded him to the possibilities that he had. Why give to God and to his kingdom? i say three things and then we'll go home. Because it helps me to keep things and their proper place now that comes from the Lord, that's what Lord Jesus was really saying. One reason I should do this because it helps me to be orientated toward the Lord and toward the kingdom the way that I have to be every day. Every day keeps me aware of my citizenship and who I am and what I am. I remember being in London, England, and going down that street to where they still sell tea, and God pointed out to them, So there's the place that turns the tea for the Boston Tea Party. And he said, by the way, he said, that bill has never been paid yet. <laughs> I think he's want me to pay it. But he said, it's never been paid. Still on the book that way. hard to believe here in this country that there's some records go back that far. But there are, and there is. Our forefathers objected to that because they would not submit to the English rule, And for that reason, they had the Boston Tea Party, you know, without representation. Well, we move over into another field. And for the very reason they objected to it, is the very reason I submit to the Lord, part of which he has blessed me with, a tithe of my income, only with what he's blessed. He hasn't to give more than he's blessed us. We'll just share with him what he's blessed you with. That's all. But tell me that I am part of the kingdom of God. Now, you may not feel like you're a citizen of this country, but just a few Weeks from now, you will when income tax come. Now you'll be very much aware well, of the fact that you're a citizen, and that's wonderful. It really is. All oh, you gripe right about it, I do too. But you know, when I think about the alternatives, I'm so grateful to God that I have that opportunity. I really am. Now, you, you're not buying your citizenship with that money. You're a citizen of this country, and you owe it something. Well, that's the same way in the kingdom of God. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I'm not buying my citizenship, no one can. But I am a citizen by my own free will and accord. And because the Lord Jesus Christ has accepted me and done something for me and given me access to the kingdom, and now I do it because I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. There was a preacher that went to see a lady one time because her only son had just passed away after a long illness and and in conversation with her, he noticed that she just had this little dog there, and, and she was treating that little animal just like it was a human being. And he thought she was overdoing it, you know. And so in the midst of the conversation, he said, instead of you being so interested in that animal, you ought to be interested in some of the children out here on the street that do not have the proper care. He said as soon as he said it, he knew he had said something wrong, and he had done something that he had no business of doing. And he looked back at the lady and the tears were rolling really down her cheek. She says, I tell you why that I take care of this animal the way that I do. She says, This is the thing that my son owned and was his, and he loved it very much. And out of all the things that he had, and his process of dying, this is the one thing that he asked me Mother, when I'm gone, will you take care of my dog for me? And mom said, rest assured, I will. And she said, that's what I'm doing, and that's what I'm going to do. And that's the reason why this animal means so much to me. That was the thing that your blessed Lord, in his process of dying and leaving this world, what one thing was it that he said that he wanted you to be interested in, And what one thing was it upon the face of this earth outside of your own soul that he said he's going to come back for? And what one thing is it that he committed to you and to your keeping more than anything else? And that is the church. I would hope that I would take it as serious and be as sincere about it and be as careful about it that this mother was in relation to her son and his possession. It's up to you and to me. We're talking about you and your money and your relationship with the kingdom of God. He has committed to you and to my keeping here for whatever it's worth this church. With something of all its awesomeness. There's not another church that I know anywhere, any place that has any greater potential than you and I have today to reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an awesome thing. It's a frightening thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a glorious thing. Let you and I then commit ourselves to the place where we ought to to see as we have this opportunity to be part of the kingdom of God today that we will do it carefully. We will do it sincerely, as best we know how. O oh, our Father, may we be able to see that you have called us to be a steward and this is the way for us to live. And may we, our Father, be able to be that steward that is needed today in the kingdom. For we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.